Kia ora, I'm Emil Donovan, and today on The Detail, in 2019, the government made a pledge. History was made at Parliament today when the Prime Minister announced that New Zealand history would be made a compulsory subject in all primary and secondary schools by 2022. The idea delighted teachers, but two years later, when a draft curriculum was released... It raised some heckles. First today, an expert panel has warned that compulsory New Zealand history lessons next year could upset some children and lead to difficult classroom discussions. Close to 5,000 submissions were made on the Education Ministry's draft history syllabus, which covers colonisation. The Hokotehi Moriori Trust says the draft curriculum mentions Moriori only once, and that's not good enough. Now, at long last, the Ministry of Education has delivered its final curriculum. From next year onwards, every student in Aotearoa from year 1 to year 10 will learn about their own nation's history. So today on The Detail, Victoria University history professor Charlotte MacDonald, who chaired an expert panel that critiqued the draft curriculum, explains what's in there, how it might be taught, how to make it spicy, and what the value is in learning about your own past. What we're talking about with this curriculum is one, Emil, that goes into schools as part of the social science curriculum from the ages of five uh, to 14. So it's that, you know, early phase of schooling. So until this point, we actually haven't had a New Zealand history component in that level of schools. So, you know, this is really quite a step forward. Um, It's not that schools haven't been able to do it, but it's really just been a kind of option within something bigger and very lightly signalled. So what we're really seeing is a very significant shift in saying, you know, in that early years of schooling, every child in a New Zealand school in Kura should have an opportunity to find out something about the history around them, their own history and that of the place there. So, you know, that's a big leap forward. The curriculum sets out four broad themes and under those themes then there are a set of sort of contexts and then there are sort of events and whatever. So within that, there's actually quite a lot signalled. So there are things about how and when different peoples arrive in these islands. So going back to the origins of Maori migrations from Polynesia to what becomes Aotearoa and to Waipounamu in the 13th century, what happens with later migrations right up till, you know, the, the big diversity of people who've come and made New Zealand home in the last 50 years. We're now immigration policy and approach has, has been um, very different from what it's been before. So we get we get whole lot of stories about peopling and arrival. We get stories about what people will f- know more about are uh, things such as um, Te Tiriti, Treaty of Waitangi, which might have been something which might have appeared in, in schools. That'd be probably the one thing that might have appeared in schools prior to now. But but here what we're getting is a whole set of questions um, which take us much further around that event into what went before, into He uh, Whakaputanga, the Declaration of Independence in 1835 and what that was about and who signed it and why is it significant and interesting and 
wider people in the north in particular, and Ngāpui and Taitokurao, why is that particularly of importance to iwi in that part of the country? Then we come into uh, the era that we um, you know, think of as the New Zealand Wars, the Land Wars, or Te Riri Pākehā, as it's also known, um, particularly in the, in the 1860s, but of course with its aftermath in 1881 at Parihaka, and you could even take it into um, the events in the Uruwera in 1916, when armed troops go into the settlement uh, around uh, Rua Kainana. And then there are other areas that talk about culture and identity, that talk about sport, that talk about governments, that talk about responses to the depression, that talk about health. There's, there's actually, you know, a, a very wide array. And, and we go through into events into the late 20th century. Um, there are some questions and areas there about changing forms of citizenship, protest movements, and about what's happening and how New Zealanders think about their own country. So things like Nuclear Free or Anti-Springbok Tour or um, MMP, changes in forms of government, etc. One of the ways that you empower people is by being honest about the past. Uh, and, and that allows us to be able to see clearly uh, you know, the, the kind of history and the hurt and so on, and that is actually how you start to um, be able to think about the future. Okay, so there's a lot in there. And if you're anything like me, there's a lot in there that just quietly you have absolutely no idea about. I took history all the way through to seventh form, but I never specifically studied New Zealand history. I did the Tudors and World War II and the Russian Revolution and Vietnam but I never did anything on Parihaka. Never did anything on colonisation and its effects, nothing on Ratana or Michael Joseph Savage or the Māori Battalion. And I think that that's pretty common probably for, I'll make a gross generalisation, but let's say you know most New Zealanders aged over 25 probably had that experience of not really encountering this history very much at all, unless they happen to be that small group who um, studied history from age 15 at the higher levels of high school, or um, who had knowledge of particular parts of the history. So so um, particular iwi and hapu, of course, you know, remember, tell, display histories, photographs and marae, etc., or communities that hold on to history. I think of sports clubs with mm-hmm. the, you know, the trophies and things around the walls. So it's a particular form of history. Um, but in general, the sort of history that you might see in schools um, is not it's not the, the the sort of history we're talking about here. So people didn't really grow up knowing much. And in fact, the probably a very common observation or comment that people make um, was, you know, New Zealand doesn't have much history, does it? By their nature, curriculums are often quite highfalutin intellectual things. There's a lot of talk about fundamental underlining concepts, understand, know, do stuff in there, you know, key concepts, which is all interesting, but also a bit dense. It's online if you want to check it out. So let's try laying things out simply. In early primary school, students will be introduced to basic concepts that Māori are tangata whenua and the first peoples of New Zealand, where place names come from, why Waitangi Day is significant, and the stories different hapu and iwi have about their own origins, and so on. Years four to six will cut across the histories of voyaging and navigation and how Māori used the land when they arrived here, 
the fundamentals of te tiri te o waitangi, including the differences in interpretation and understanding of the English and te reo texts, and the struggles for equality other groups face, like Chinese immigrants and women's suffrage. At intermediate, they might get into conflicts in our history, things like how colonial power was manifested in the Pacific, how the environment responded to an influx of people with different sensibilities and the difficulties different groups have had in being accepted into Aotearoa's society. And at high school, they might delve into the more cerebral, contested territory, how the concepts of sovereignty and rangatiratanga interact, the effects of decolonisation on Māori and across the Pacific, how technology and economic development have affected how the countries evolved and how we're affected by wider shifts throughout the world. It's worth noting, of course, that schools and teachers are given lots of discretion in New Zealand as to how they teach subjects like history. A curriculum is less a super detailed map, more directions from the local college down at the petrol station. So exact lessons and topics might vary quite wildly from school to school. As you say, you know, New Zealand's school curriculum is a very permissive one. So it sort of sets off some directions, but then allows schools, teachers, classes, students to explore. Um, and there's, there's, you know, one of the features in the curriculum is quite a strong push to explore local histories. So, um, and that obviously enables um, students and classes to to actually walk around their district and look at places and and recognise the people who might have lived there and been part of that world 50, 100 years ago or however long. And and there are some fantastic um, ways in which you can do that, in which some schools are already doing that. So we've been forming relationship with our local iwi. Uh, We've been talking about learning an accurate narrative of papa moa creating a localised curriculum, which we call here kākono, based on our local area, and then integrating those histories through the various curriculum. Which are really uh, wonderful. And we've got you know, brilliant resources of local museums in which you can actually see history in three dimensions. Um, you know, one of the things that I think people don't realise in New Zealand is what brilliantly deep resources that we have in terms of newspapers, for instance. So, you know, newspapers have, have been um, printed and produced in New Zealand and about New Zealand from um, the early 19th century, including quite a big collection of newspapers in Te Reo Māori. Uh, and almost or a very great portion of those newspapers are available in digital format through Papers Past. And the other thing, Emil, that you know, we've got an amazing resource on, and again, is absolutely wonderful for firing, you know, students' historical imagination, is um, historical photographs. So, again, the, the world of photography, as we understand it, sort of, broadly 1850s onwards, there are some early things before that, and particularly once it becomes very commercially um, much more viable from the 1860s, every small town that had a bakery also had a photographic studio, and photographers also went round like itinerants, you know, selling their wares. So, So there are an immense collection of photographs that exist, and again, many of them you can access through digitalnz.org um, in collections which exist all around the country, but that's a sort of portal by way you can access them. And they're absolutely brilliant. 
As I mentioned earlier, the expert panel McDonald shared critiqued the draft curriculum quite strongly. It said there was little focus on early encounters between Māori and Pākehā, almost nothing on the late 20th century and the 600 years or so of Māori history pre-colonisation had been neglected almost entirely. MacDonald says she's satisfied these areas have been given more emphasis in the new curriculum and, again, stressed schools and teachers have considerable licence in what and how they teach this subject. But there was another interesting critique. The original curriculum said by the end of Year 10, students would make ethical judgments concerning right and wrong, a statement the panel strongly objected to. I asked Charlotte MacDonald why that was. The panel's concern was that as the draft first appeared, it seemed to give the impression that the point of studying history was to end up making an ethical judgment, whereas the panel's view was really that the purpose of studying history was to understand what that history was and and to know it and to understand it. And things subsequent to that uh, were... Uh, were in some ways a separate matter. In the in the final version, uh, the formulation they've got is something along the lines of that um, students will reach a point of knowing things and arrive at evidence based ethical judgments. Um, so so the evidence based is, is an important aspect there. Um, I guess. Uh, my own view, and there are different views about this question, is whatever you might think about the the end point of ethical judgments is that if you strongly support that particular end point, then you need to be aware that you are also within a history that will in turn be judged. Mm-hmm. You can judge, but you will also be judged. And and I don't think any of us as individuals or a society would, would say that we are um, perfect, that we have created uh, a perfect society. So, you know, I think we would all see things that could be better, mm. um, injustices that uh, definitely need to be addressed, um, things which are far from perfect or ideal, uh, so um, we need to be aware that we are also within the, within the history that we are studying. Let's uh, well, that segues us rather neatly, really, into into some of the criticisms of the curriculum. Firstly, the idea that there is too much emphasis in this curriculum on colonisation. I see the Daily Mail in Australia is saying this morning that the government is calling on teachers to reflect on their quote white guilt. The ACT Party is getting all redneck on it too and saying the curriculum's focus on colonisation is pushing, quote, a number of left-wing narratives in relation to the welfare state and partnership between the Crown and Māori. The party says the curriculum divides history into villains and victims. Is that valid from from your point of view? I, I don't think it is. There are four broad themes, there are five contexts. There's a lot of breadth in this curriculum Colonisation and settlement is one of the four big ideas, and I don't think you know anybody could look at 
the history of Aotearoa New Zealand and say colonisation is not mm. uh, a central part of our history. So I, I, I think to uh, to say there's too much of it is um, not a, um, a fair statement. It's it's there. It's part of something broader. It's been absolutely determinative and in how our history has unfolded, it's it's absolutely critical that it's there. Well, I suppose uh, you know a related criticism to this is is the idea that it's not a great idea to view Aotearoa's history as inherently being a bad thing. One stupid reaction I saw. It was very concise. It said the new curriculum can be summed up in three words: white man bad. Your impression of that? And, and I don't think that that's that's how the um, curriculum is in any way putting across those histories. So, you know, colonisation wraps up a whole set of things, power relations, wars that took place of a very catastrophic kind, dispossession of land. Uh, you know, th- those those are real things that happened uh, that they are um, catastrophic in their in their impact. Colonisation is also about the arrival of Europeans coming to create new societies. And, you know, these two things are connected, but it's not about saying, you know, one lot are wrong and one lot are right, one lot are guilty and one lot are not, etc. It's about understanding how these events fitted together, how they all happened together, how people who might have been acting without a sense of coming to do injustice, were part of a power system Mm. that was in itself unequal and therefore had an unjust outcome. And, And the purpose of studying history is to understand those structures and the factors that drive those in which the lives of individuals and communities are caught up and are shaped and formed. But the the end result isn't to sort of put people in the dock and say, you know, were you right or wrong? It's to understand how that happened and in understanding how that happened and for us all to be aware of why the history has occurred as it has is how we can then live together understanding and knowing that and reckoning with it. Yeah, well, because another criticism of it that I have heard from some people is the fear that it might airbrush non-European conflict and and barbarity, you know, the subtext being, yes, 19th century Europeans did some absolutely horrific things, but it would be misguided to portray, for example, early Māori civilization as this idyllic, u- utopian sort of paradise. Like, oh, all societies were much more violent and ruthless 200, 300, 400 years ago than they are today. Portraying this as, a, as an exclusively European thing would be ahistorical. There were two sub-tribes of Te Atiawa, Ngāti Mutung and Ngāti Tama, living at Waifetu Marae over in Patoni here in uh, Wellington. And at that time... Ngāti Tama and Ngāti Mutunga were looking at um, evacuating. So they commandeered a, a ship out of Wellington Harbour in uh, November 1835. It had been a pretty difficult journey. They were very sick when they first arrived. They were nursed back to health by Moriori. And then the second um, boatload arrived. It soon became apparent to Moriori that the um, newly ar- arrived people 
had begun to, to slaughter and enslave our people. But it sounds like you're saying any history teacher worth their salt is not going to make it such a black and white uh, calculus. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, if, you, if we're thinking about the late 18th century, so that point at which, you know, Māori and European encounter each other through the through the navigators arriving in Cook and Tupaia and their crews coming around, you know, 1760s, 1780s in Europe is, you know, full of... Um, revolution, full of violence, full of the wars that ensue um, after the French Revolution. In, in America, it's about the, the wars of independence. So, you know, there's a lot of violence and, and dark episodes, um, the guillotine in, in Paris dispatching, you know, thousands of people within that. So, so these are the, the sort of contexts that, that set um, a bigger understanding of what happens here with those world events so we're thinking about you know context over space and over time. So yeah, any um, teaching of history should paint that bigger picture. And and again, Emil, I suppose that's um, pointing to something else that we were very pleased to see in this final draft, final version, is that the last, um, the fourth big theme coming in, talking about the relationships and connections between what goes on here in these islands and what goes on in the rest of the world because, you know, these are intimately connected. Um, There's been lots of flow back and forth and and the histories are also very closely connected and I think that's, that's of vital importance. History is important because it's who we are. We, we all have histories and it's knowing them that matters. To not know them is to make ourselves blind. That doesn't seem useful at all. That's it for today. I'm Emile Donovan. The detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Sarah Robson. And thanks to Professor Charlotte MacDonald. Matewa.